All righty, Gracers. Give it up for those watching online. Give it up for our worship team. Come on. Awesome. Praise the Lord. Well, greetings. And just to tag on to Marcus for a second with about giving. Uh, thank you, first of all, for giving. Uh, you have blessed Grace Church. I just want to tell you what you've been a part of over the last 14 years. We've seen 168,000 salvations worldwide uh, through this ministry right here. We have paid off $5.5 million worth of medical debt for people in North Carolina, just this ministry right here. This last year, we helped Every Home for Christ mobilize 125,000 people to share the good news on a door-to-door -door, uh, basis. Uh, and we uh, partner with two orphanages, and I think just using a percentage, we helped do about 750,000 meals this year for orphans around the world. So God bless you, and thank you for your giving. Uh, it, it goes a long, long ways, and, and God is a good, good God. Amen? You know, some people are just born for things, and I've shared this in the past, but I want to share it one more time. Uh, two people. Jerusalem's have a real bad, sad face, so I'm trying to. <laughs> and he does it hilariously, so I'd like to slap him sometimes. He does it so good. Uh, but two people are born. Sometimes just to do their thing. Smile. Uh, and, and two of those people are just... They're just gracious. And, you know, Janie didn't say, or she said, and, and Cam's parents are with her, but two wonderful people. One is our daughter, Jill, and her husband, Jeff. Just stand for a moment, would you? Thank you for... <laughs> They're wonderful people. Jill's our, our firstborn daughter. I won't call you our oldest, our firstborn daughter. And, uh, and people are born sometimes to be the firstborn. And the reason that is because you make, as parents, you make a lot of mistakes along the way. And so you have to ask apology. And so Jill, uh, Jill handles things uh, as my sister Terry, who's also firstborn, with a lot of love and grace and just a little bit of pit bull. And so I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, if you're a firstborn, thank you for allowing uh, your parents to, to mess up a few times before maybe they got it right. Uh, my mom and dad finally got it right on the eighth one. And uh, so. <laughs> uh, we got it right on the first, second, third, and fourth one. So I'll just. Uh, uh, I love Christmas. I'm so thankful they're able to come in town with, with Cam. So thankful for our other kids that are here every week and the blessing that they are to Grace Church and to Janie and myself. And so we love family. You all know that. I'll talk about that just a little bit in, in today's message. Um, 
just about the mystery. It, it's not a typical Christmas message. So if you came thinking, well, it's going to be Jesus, a baby in a manger, it will be, but just a little bit different slant on it. And the slant is, is important for us to understand just the reason behind this birth of a baby in a manger. And so uh, uh, sidebar for a second, I ask you to come out in two weeks. We'll have kind of a, a prophetic word for 2023. We try to do that every year as the Lord gives us. And I've studied just kind of some of the prophecies that 2023 will have the, the just the nimic value in, in the Jewish calendar and so on and so forth. So come on out for that. And we're not having the 915 service because most of those people are out partying the night before. They wouldn't come anyway. So we'll, uh, we'll invite him to come to the second service of which you will be here, right? Amen. All right. So uh, unheard of things is kind of our sermon title, uh, series title for this month. And just things that are unheard of, the 400 years of silence that we looked at between uh, Malachi and Matthew, and in the Advent, that would be the hope candle, because there was hope during that time. Uh, the unheard of thing of Mary, a virgin being born, or uh, bearing a, a child uh, named Jesus, and the faith that she had of the Advent candle. And then last week, just the joy of the shepherds being the first ones that were told, and the joy of the Advent candle. And this is uh, the Advent candle of peace, or also the angelic candle, where uh, just the, the unheard of joy. And so we're going to talk about the mystery of Christmas today just a little bit, and I won't keep you long. You know, a lot of you are with families and you want to you want to gather with them. We appreciate that. want to respect your time. But let's go to Paul's uh, uh, Ephesians uh, of third chapter. We'll read three and four, and that is not big enough for me to read. Um, and then we'll jump down to, to, to seven. How the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I've written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. Verse number eight. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God with who all create all things created so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and to the authorities in the heavenly places this was according to the eternal purpose that he was realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness access that goes on so Aaron if we can get this thing fixed that'll help me during the message um Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your perfect way and will in all that we do. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing of the mystery that you have for each of us. We pray, Father, right now that you would just open our hearts and ears to hear everything that we have, that you have given us, and the mysteries that you want to unfold before us. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church said amen. Thank you. So we see here that there's a mystery, all right? The, and Paul talks about the mystery. And in fact, in one part, he says that the mystery was then given to the church to make manifold wisdom of God to people. So the a mystery that we have, that we've been given, isn't just for us to keep. It's a, it's a mystery. Sometimes we look at that at Christmas time. We see the presents that are wrapped and underneath the tree. You've heard my stories about my beautiful wife uh, who gives really detailed uh, hints about 
her presence and what she might, uh, she'll tell someone maybe you don't want to buy a coat just yet until uh, after Christmas time. Well, that's a pretty good size hint, if you ask me. And it's not, it's not much of a mystery. That's the mystery Paul's talking about regarding Christ our Savior, and the, is the fact that the, this mystery was a mystery in the Old Testament as it was prophesied, and then Jesus came to earth, so the mystery then was revealed, and now it's up to the church, the body of Christ, to share the mystery as we move forward. And so there's a mystery, and in, in, in Christmas presents, uh, it should be about the gift, right? And I, and I tell our kids that, and they say, now, Papa, remember, it's all about the, it's the thought, not the gift. It's the thought behind the gift, and we've purchased some gifts for the kids this year, and they could be a hit or they could be a miss, just like every year. It could be a, a hit or a miss, could be a home run, could be a, a strikeout, but it's always about the thought. You try to do things, and we uh, had recently refinished our basement, and Janie let me pick out some of the colors, and she said, that's the last time I'm going to let you pick out any colors in our house. She repainted the whole basement twice because the color I wanted came across as a color that didn't look suitable, and the wallpaper that I guess I picked out, I wasn't sure, didn't look so good, so we went with her original thoughts and plans. It's a mystery, <laughs> and so sometimes you just let them do whatever they want to do, right? Just pay for it uh, twice in this particular case. Uh, the mystery of God, the mystery of of humanity lies within what we would call Christmas. And then I'll explain that. Uh, if you're taking notes or if you have a pen and paper, I'd like you to write this down. We, we, you need to draw a circle, and in the middle of that circle, write the word why. Uh, it, it'll be important as we go through this. If you, uh, then after you draw that circle, you do it on one of the guest cards if you want and just take a pin out. Draw a circle, put Y on it, draw another circle around that and draw how on it and then draw another circle around that and draw what on it. So we have what, how, and why. And if you read any of Simon Sinek's uh, teachings or uh, uh, leadership books, you'll understand that we should always start with the why, but many people don't start with why. Many people start with what or how. What is that church doing? What is that family doing? How does that company do it right? How, how do they do it? What are they doing? Are they doing a, a mailer? Are they going to a, a networking event? What are they doing? And a lot of times we miss the why. We miss the why. And people who don't follow Christ and maybe some people who even follow Christ, they miss the why in, in, in the kingdom. Why did Jesus come? Why is he our Savior? Why did he leave heaven's throne, come down here as a baby in a manger, live a life 33 and a half years, die on a cross? Why? And so we would say in our life uh, uh, that Janie and I uh, knew very little when we got married, got married at a young age, started having kids right away. Again, knew very, very little about life in general, but our why was that we wanted a family that would be blessed with unity, that our kids would get along. Along, that their kids would get along, that the kids' kids would get along, and that when we came together around Thanksgiving or Christmas or a week before Christmas, we in actually enjoyed each other's company, that somebody didn't stay away because they were mad, angry, offended, or hurt, that we could try to talk things out. And that started when Jill was born, our firstborn. Then it came when Jessica was born, our, our, our secondborn. Then it came when Marcus was born, our thirdborn. And then after seven and a half years, it came when 
when Andrew is born, our last, our, our youngest. He, he, there is a, a process there of unity, of love. And we didn't necessarily uh, want our why because of the blessing. It's a byproduct of unity. But our why was we want our kids to get along. We were both from loving families, and sometimes families uh, grow apart. But when our families get together, there's there's love there. And, and Janie and I wanted to even capitalize on that. We we need to build a family that's a, a unit, that's together. And, and we fought for that. And we worked for that, and it became part of our DNA. That was our why. We looked at what other families did. We looked at how other families did it, but the why became ours. The why was a, and there's stuff up here. There, that might be another diamond. <laughs> someone, someone might have lost it like last week. Um, what, so you need to figure out your why, and, and it's okay to look at what other people do. It's even okay to look at how other people do it. But if your why is missing, then there's, there's a void, there's an emptiness. And so we want to learn now what we understand what God did, and we understand how God did it, but we, understand, we need to understand the why. Why did God do this? Let's go to John 3.16. This should be the Christmas verse for God so loved the world. That's the why. In fact, he starts with the why. Why did God send his only begotten son to come to this earth? Because he loves the world. He loves you. He loves me. He loves us. He loves people. And he accepts them just the way they are. He created them. And so if we think God loves people, in fact, in, fact, in Leviticus, the 19th chapter, right in the middle of all the things you shouldn't do, the Bible says, and by the way, love your neighbor as yourself. And God is love. He doesn't have love. He doesn't reflect love. He is love. And so God loved the world that he gave. That he gave. This is how he did it then. He gave his only son, his only begotten son. And the reason the Bible says, and this translation doesn't have it, the reason the Bible says begotten son and not created son is because begotten comes from something. Created happens. And so Jesus came from heaven to earth. All right, that's theological, to become our son. So he's not a created being. He always was. He always is. He always will be. But that's the why. The why is for God so loved the world. The who is or the how is he gave. He gives us things that whosoever believes in him. That's the what. Now, if I believe in Jesus, I can understand the why. And if you have a, a void of the why in your life, or maybe you know somebody who's not a Christ follower, they don't believe that God exists, or they don't believe that God created, you then have to show that person the why. You have to show them through ex the acceptance of love. You have to show them through the, the agreement of truth. You have to show them those things in your life. You can't beat them over the head or debate those things with them. You have to just show them the why is because God. Now, if you're growing a business, if you're growing a, a career, if you're growing a family, if you're growing in Christ, you have to understand your why. You were placed on this earth for a reason. Jeremiah 29 11 says he's planned you. He for a purpose. He knew about you before you were in your mother's womb. There's a plan. God knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything in between. You're, at, you're looked at as, as being complete, even though we're a work in progress. Your why. What's your why? 
And if you don't know your why, it just takes some time to, to figure it out even over the next year. What, why do I exist? Why am I here? Why am I in this occupation? Probably the worst thing you can do is to do or be something that somebody else is because you think it's good for them. You have heard the story about the overnight success. Someone might have thought this person was an overnight success, but they didn't see all the hard work. They didn't see the 10 years of pouring into it. We have a, a friend who pastors a large church in the Midwest, and everybody said he was an overnight success. And he said it was the one long night. <laughs> it took about 10 years to get where everybody else wanted, wanted to be along with him. But they didn't see the, the fighting. They didn't see the attitude. They didn't see the, the, the toil. They didn't see the, the blood, sweat, and tears. Some people want what other people have because they're successful. They don't understand the why. And you'll have a why in your life. You'll have a why as to raising your family. You'll have a why as to your career. You'll have a why to your job. God has a why. His why is because he loves you so much he's going to send his son. Now, he could have come any way he wanted to, but he chose to come as a baby in a manger. He came to show that love uh, is acceptable to each and every human being, to each and every person. In fact, Isaiah says in the, in the 55th chapter, in the 8th verse, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. We would have probably did something different. We would have broadcasted on social media. We would have came at a time where only a 20-mile radius of people would have known about it. We want everybody to know. We're capitalized on how many followers we have on Twitter or, or, or uh, Instagram or uh, another social media. We love it when our things are go viral and things happen. And, and yes, that's part of life today. Jesus came as a baby in a manger and broadcasted to just shepherds. That was it. This is the creator of the universe. This is the one who spoke the world into existence, comes as a baby in a manger. When you figure out your why, you don't really care who else knows. When you figure out your why, everything else takes care of itself. The what and the how, they're, they're easy then. And when you have your why intact, it's all of a sudden it becomes, listen, I don't have to impress anybody I don't have to have a bunch of followers, and maybe you will have a follower. There's a, there's a gentleman that uh, I, I read and the, and the boys read a little bit, and, and uh, he doesn't follow anybody on Instagram and has 2 million followers. <laughs> he knows his why. He understands his why. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is why the way we would do it is different than the way God did it because God understands his why. When you understand your why, you might think a little bit differently. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. I'm going to come as a baby in a manger. You may do it differently, but he's God and we're not. Far as the heavens are higher for the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Verse number 10 says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the, uh, to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. Now, now grab this for a second. Again, it may be a little deep for some. It may be something to ponder for others. Think about it this week. This is the literal interpretation of John 3, 16. My word, the Bible says that the word was with God, the word was God, the word was created by him. All things were created in him. John 1, 1 through 4, the literal interpretation of this word is Jesus. My word comes out. My word is going down to earth. My word is going down as a baby. My, it becomes an infant stage. When God speaks a word over you, you need to receive it. 
But by the same token, we can speak God's word. We can come part of that where we're prophesying what God has in store. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall not return to me void, the King James Version says. I like that because God is sending Jesus to earth as a baby in a manger. He's not returning void, nor is he returning empty. In fact, the, the, the scriptures will tell us that when Jesus died on the cross, when he said, to still us die, it is finished, the graves opened. Uh, Pastor, that's metaphorical for you. I think the graves really opened myself. I think now paradise, this realm, Abraham's bosom, could no longer hold what Christ did on the cross. So they came forward, they walked, and the Bible or the, the historical culture of the day is when a king won in battle, there was a large victory march behind him. All those that he took to heaven marched behind him, and God and Jesus introduced them to the Father. Here's my victory, here's my, here's, here's my bounty, here's what I won for you, and he's still winning people today. He's still in charge today, so my word goes out of my mouth that shall not return empty. And then he says, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. So Jesus, who, who spoke this world into existence, and the Holy Spirit who orchestrated those things, now comes as a baby in a manger. We can't comprehend that. People who don't follow Christ or want nothing to do with God, don't, they don't believe it. They can't comprehend it. Why? They don't understand the why. Maybe you do things in your family, and you're a tight-knit group, and you're, and you're a little different than society. You don't go with social norms. You're, you understand your why. Maybe you're building a business or a career, and you know these direct paths that you have to take. You understand your why. And people will look at you and say, well, why is that person doing that? Because you get the why, and maybe they don't. The why of God is that he loves people. He loves the world. He loves you. He gave his life for you. And then it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So if we line up ourselves with God's word, if we start to speak out in prophecy, if we start to call those things that aren't as though they were, Romans 4, 17, the Bible says that even God, even God who quickens the dead, Calls those things that aren't as though they were. There's a, there's a union there. There's a, a belief there. And then verse number 12 says this, for you shall go out in joy. Where? If you have a why, if you understand God's why for your life, if you become part of God's why, then the what and the how, they're easy to, to, to operate in. If my faith, trust, hope, belief, and confidence is in God, if I understand that he's the creator of the universe and he's called me, he's picked me, he's chosen me, he's chosen you, he's chosen Grace Church, he's chosen people across the world, then there's a joy that takes place when we know what our why is. For you shall go out in joy, be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. When we were growing our family <laughs> And, the, and we were uh, home and the kids were little uh, and we didn't have a whole lot, the one thing we always had was joy. Uh, we didn't compare ourselves to others. Yeah, I'm sure there's days that we wanted something or maybe Janie wanted something that, that other people had or could obtain before we could. But we, we, we uh, bided our time. 
We, we waited on God. We, we, we continue to instill unity in our kids and our, our family. We raised them with the thought that they should be for each other, not against each other. That's a trick of the enemy to not be part of God's why. Well, baby in a manger, all those kind of dying on the cross. That's just, that's folklore. That's mythology. No, that really happened. Bless you. That really happened. It, we celebrated with, with kids on the platform. That, that's so beautiful because Jesus said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. But what's the why? Why do we celebrate? Is it to give gifts? Well, that's part of it because God gave the greatest gift of all, his son, Jesus Christ. But what's the why? The why is that we were lost. We were doomed to a devil's hell if Jesus didn't come. Because that's what God said in store back in Genesis, that if Adam and Eve fell, there would have to be a redeemer, a savior. Let's go back to John 3.16 just for a moment. We'll read it one more time. For God so loved the world, that's the why, that he gave his only son, that's the how, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's the what. What, what can I do? You, you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. How do I do it? That just by believing that Jesus came to die. Yes, he came as a baby in a manger. Yes, we celebrate it. Yes, we sing all the good songs. But the why is that God so loved the world. And I would su suggest, I would challenge, I would encourage your family to create the why. Why, why do we exist as a family? What, what's our purpose? How are we going to obtain that? That word gave is the same root word as gift, which is the same root word as faith, absolute faith, total, total faith, which is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. That word pistis means four separate things, and we'll cover them really quickly because if you're giving a gift uh, over this holiday season, you're going to give it hopefully in the faith that someone will receive it, that they know that you've taken time or you, you've thought things out. We, we do gifts periodically for different people or for leaders in the church, and Janie and I will sit down and we'll, we'll think through the gift. Will, will they like it? And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I don't care if they like it or not. I want to get the gift giving done. But she's like, no, no, this, we gotta, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. I think that's what God said. You know, if, I was, if I was up there in heaven and man sinned, if I was like God's advisory, I would say, let's just wipe this thing out and start over fresh, like a grease board. It's just easier. Let's just erase everything. And Jesus would say, let's not take the easy way out. Let me go and redeem your people back to you where the only thing they have to do is believe. And if they believe, they get to go to heaven. It's like, wow. But, but all the work's on Jesus. Yeah, all the work's on Jesus. Janie plans for parties, and she cooks for, over this holiday season, she will have cooked for 100 people. She will have cooked for 30 people. She will have cooked for 15 people. She will have bought presents. And, and it's, it's the, the why is not, well, doing all this. The why is... I love, I love the people, and this is a gift of, that I can give them. That's the why. The, the why in God is this is the gift that he can give us, his son Jesus Christ. And if you just receive the gift, 
It's a done deal. We don't receive the gift of Jesus as a security blanket. We receive the gift of Jesus in, in faith. And that faith means four separate words. First of all, it means acceptance in God. I'm accepting God's gift. You get a gift over the holiday season, Christmas season, someone gives it to you. Very seldom do you ever say, no, no thanks, I don't want it. You haven't opened it yet. Do you, how do you know what it is? No, 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 thank you anyways. No, you receive the gift. If God's giving you a gift, you accept that gift from God, right? I mean, why not? God is God. God's ways are higher than our ways. God is above us. God, God is speaking these things out. Now he's calling those things out. Why not accept his gift? This is the baby in the manger. This is, this is Jesus. We accept what he's doing for us. Number two is the embrace. We embrace Jesus as truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. This is what his existence was. And so we do the same thing, Grace Church, with people. Hopefully we accept them with grace, but hopefully that opens the door for truth to be taught. Yes, there is a literal heaven and a literal hell. People will go to heaven. Some people will go to hell. The hell was not meant for them. This is not to scare anybody. This is to say, hey, Jesus has made a way out. His acceptance upon him, the embracing Jesus' truth, gives us life everlasting, gives us life eternal. That's the why Jesus came. Now, I know this isn't the typical Christmas message about the angels singing and the shepherds seeing and then going back and redemption. But this is a why. This will help you over the next year. Figure out your why. And the flip side is, if you're a follower of Christ, your why is to be the what and how for Jesus. How can Jesus use you? What can you do for him to have this why take place in the kingdom? Number three is the union with God through his word. Now we've become united because God is speaking his word. You're part of his word that won't return void. Now you have access to the word. You can start speaking the word over your situation. You can start to call those things that aren't as though they are. You can call that to be the head and not the tail, the first and not the last, the lender and not the bower. You can call your barns full of plenty. You can call healing and miracles and salvation and redemption. You can call unity and love and mercy and grace and forgiveness. You can call those things out. And God, because it's his word and he understands the why, will now use the what and how on you to show those things that will, they'll come to pass. We unionize with the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So now when I read the word about Jesus, that word comes life to me. It becomes rhema. And as it becomes rhema to me, now this little baby in the manger is, is tangible. See, the religious people of the day didn't understand John the Baptist when he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. It was the poor people, it was the non-religious people, it was the sinner people that bowed down and said, behold, the king. The religious people were like, no, they're not going to pick a carpenter out of Nazareth to redeem the world. He's not fit. He's not ready. But Jesus knew his why. And when you know your why, it doesn't matter what people think about you. You just know that God called you. I mean, they called it fewer chosen. The reason they're chosen and, and, and not called or, or accept that next level is they've figured out their why. When you figure out your why, the what and the how come naturally. God knew the why. 
we've got to send our son because I love the world. So how are we going to do that? Let's go as a baby in a manger. Let's go to a virgin teenage girl because people, it, it, people may not accept it, but it's acceptable to everybody because we're not going to a rich pr prince. We're not going to a rich king. We're not going to the queen of Sheba. We're not going to, you know, someone in parliament. We're not going to someone royalty. We're going to, we're going to the masses here. We're going to the least of the least. And you're going to be born in the lineage of David. And upon your shoulders should rest the cares of this world. But you will be called Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, and Everlasting Father. We union with the, with the word as the worship team comes back. Last but not least, then, is this inner confidence that we have. What is the inner confidence? The inner confidence is I know that Christ is my Lord and Savior. He's my soon coming king. But my inner confidence knows that now I'm part of this bigger project. I'm part of this why. I'm part of the, I'm part of the situation. I'm part of the why that now God can use me however he wants. I can be the what and the how to his why. But then I also know my why. I know why I exist. I, I exist to share the good news with a, a neighbor, a family member, a friend. I, I exist to be able to be a reflection of who Christ is because I can walk in love and mercy and truth and peace. I exist because I know I can, I can love people just the way they are. Hopefully that loves them into the kingdom of God. My why can be a career. My why can be a family. My why can be a job. My why can be who I am. And I would suggest to you or challenge you over the next year just to understand better your why. We were two teenage kids that started having kids. We were kids having kids. I get it. But our why was solid. Our why was we're going to love these kids. No matter what. We're going to love them just the way they are. We're going to show them the love of Jesus Christ. We do a lot of unconventional things. We do. Janie and I have never been conventional. And people laugh, and people, but we get our why. We know the why. The why in our home is to please God, is to love Jesus, to be led by the Holy Spirit. And just like Noah, make sure our kids get in the boat. You need to know your why. Stand with me this morning. Christmas 2022, maybe write it down, write it down in your Bible, write it down in a book, what's my why? And then just make sure your why lines up with God. Make sure your why, your why lines up with the Lord Jesus. And if you're here today, just close your eyes for a moment. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands. If you're here today, you say, man, I, I, don't even, I don't even believe in Jesus. I don't even know why. That's the whole thing. You don't have to know. You just have to accept it. As I pray, we're going to sing one more song, a really good, cool song. And I want you just to entertain the thought and challenge of what's my why? Where are we at? The only thing I want to keep up is with God and His Word. And when I keep up with God and His Word, it empowers me then to be able to speak His Word over you, speak His Word over people I love, speak His Word and truth over things I believe in. That's my why. It's not about what I can grab. It's about, about what I can give. And so, Father, I pray right now as people just contemplate their why, you show them the what and how. But, Lord, let them understand the why. 
And then let us become, Lord, as we become your why, let us become your what and how. We know Jesus. We love Jesus. We appreciate Jesus. We praise God for Jesus. We thank Jesus and accept Jesus. But, Lord, if you want to use us as a what and how for you to share other with others about Jesus, please do so. Please, let, please allow Grace Church to be a part of the what and how to show people the, your why, that you so love the world that you gave. Lord, help us to give this holiday season, this Christmas season. Help us to give the greatest gift of all, like you did 2,000 years ago, your son, Jesus Christ. We love you. We bless you. Thank you, Father.
Praise the Lord. I heard a quote earlier this year, and it said something like, when man tries to save himself, that's called religion. But when God tries to save man, that's called Christmas. Isn't that good? It's just a reminder to me that we can look at somebody else's what and get kind of confused. You know, when you see somebody who's faithful to church and they worship God and they sing loud and they might express their worship with raising their hands or they might give in, in the tithes and offerings and they might do other things and you might think what they're doing is because they're trying to earn their way to heaven. But the truth is, is the why behind that is just because we love God. We want to worship Him. We want to obey Him. We want to give to Him what He deserves. And if that's a song like the little drummer boy, you know, like if all we can give to Him is a little song on a drum, we're just going to worship. That's our why. That's why we do what we do. Not because we're trying to earn our way to God. So you might be here today and maybe you kind of got confused or you got stuck in that trap and you, maybe you think that if you're good enough, if you do enough right things, you can make it to heaven. Or maybe you're on the other side of that equation and you think, man, I have sinned too many times. I have done too many wrong things and I, there's no way I deserve to get to heaven. Well, let me tell you either way, there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ, the Son. Jesus came to this earth, and we celebrated at Christmas time, but we deserve, He deserved to be celebrated every day. And, and He lived a perfect life. He never sinned. He was never separated from God. And then Jesus actually paid the price that you and I should have paid. He traded places with us. He died on a cross, paying the price that we deserve. He, he, he paid the debt that we owed. And then when he rose from the dead, he proved that he is more powerful than sin, death, hell, and the grave. And now today, he offers you a free gift of eternal life. It's a gift. All right, it's not something that we earned. The Bible says that we earned hell. We earned eternal separation from God. But despite that, Jesus gives us a free gift. Doing good things can't earn a gift. Christmas, you know, ch children don't earn gifts at Christmas time. He just gives us a free gift. Would you mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes and just contemplating that for a moment? I want you to ask yourself, if I were to die today, would I go to heaven or hell? Or Maybe you know for sure that you wouldn't go to heaven because you've never surrendered your life to Christ. You've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Or maybe you're just not sure, but today you wanna be sure. You can have the blessed assurance that when we pass from this life to the next, we will be with the Father. Just because that gift is out there doesn't mean that all are going to inherit eternal life. It's only for those who receive the gift. But Jesus is extending that gift to you today. All you have to do is believe in Jesus, that he is who he said he was. You have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life. He's in charge and that you have sinned and ask him to forgive you of your sins and turn your life over to him. And it's that simple. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward to this altar or do anything else, but I just wanna know, 
Is there anyone here today that says, you know what? If I were to die, I'm not sure. Or I, I, I know that I, I wouldn't inherit eternal life. I've never asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins. But I want to today. I want to ask for forgiveness, and I want to make that decision to live for Jesus, believing that he died on the cross. If that's you today, then I want you to raise your hand up nice and high as just a public declaration to say, yes, I, you know, we're going to pray together. Include me in that prayer. If you say, I want to make a decision, I want to have eternal life in Jesus Christ, just raise your hand up nice and high. Thank you for the hands that are going up all across this place. Is there anybody else? There's more hands going up. Praise God. I just want to give you one more second. If there's anybody else that says, yes, include me in, in that prayer. I want to make it. I want to ask God to forgive me. I want a home in heaven. I want to receive Jesus's, uh, what he did on the cross. I want to receive that for me personally. I want to receive that gift of eternal life. Anybody else? All right, you can put your hands down. Now, whether you raised your hand or even if you didn't, I would like everybody here to repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me. I know I've sinned. Please forgive me and make me a new person. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and raising from the dead. I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Give each other a great big hand clap. You have made a decision that's the best decision of your whole life. Come up to me afterwards. I'd love to put a Bible in your hands or give you those next steps in following Jesus. One more time, can we give God a shout of praise in this place and thank him for all that he's done. I just want to close in prayer today and put a blessing on you this Christmas. Lord, I thank you for all that you've done for us. Jesus, that you left your throne in heaven and came to this earth as a humble child so that we could be with you for eternity. Lord, we celebrate that this week and every day, that because you loved us so much, your why was because you loved the earth, you loved the world so much. So we remember that this Christmas season. God, that you still do miracles, that you stay, still save souls. God, that you still are on the throne today. And if we are in Christ, then we are a new creation. And we have every reason to celebrate this Christmas season because you saved the world. We love you and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Merry Christmas. We love you. Have a great week. We'll see you Saturday right here at 5 a.m., 5 p.m. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.